Good morning, everybody. Great to have you here. For those that are tuning in online, great to see you. Not see you, see you, but be with you, see you. Uh, look, I'm going to go ahead and get something out of the way real quick if I can. Uh, I, was, I was nearly accosted a little bit earlier, so I want to set the record straight. There's a picture circulating the internet. It's true. It is me. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and own it. I, uh, it was one time I didn't wear a life jacket while riding an inner tube. That picture's on the internet. I'm sorry. I will now for future wear a life jacket. I'm my own fault. I'm sorry. Uh, guys, y'all stand with me, man. I'm excited to be able to worship with you, to be able to join together. Man, this is, uh, this is a great day. Let's bow our heads. Let's give glory to God this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you so much, Lord God, for all that you're doing. For everything that you're doing, Lord God, inside each and every one of us. in And not only in us, Lord God, but through us. Father, through our lives, into the lives of those around us. Through our lives, into the lives of those that we love. Into the lives of our family. Into the lives of those we work with. God, we pray that you would do something mighty through us, Lord God. In this town, in this city, in this state, in this nation, in this country. God, we pray in your mighty name. Amen, amen. Come on, guys. Let's worship the Lord God this morning. Good morning, Sia Paris. Let's get ready to worship. My world was shaking. My heart was broken. My hope was fading. The walls were closing. But now I'm singing. Look how he lifted me. My days were numbered, the waves were crashing, the flood was coming. Oh, hallelujah! Look how he lifted me. Oh, look how he lifted me. His grace and mercy is my testimony for every victory. I've got a song to say.
Come on, give him praise this morning. Come on. God, we thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you that, uh, Lord, that we can come to you and worship, Lord. Lord, I thank you that uh, we have that privilege, Lord, to uh, uh, come to you and worship, Lord, that uh, we can lay everything down, everything that we've been carrying all week, Lord. Uh, we have our victory in you. And, uh, Lord, that no weapon formed against, against us can prosper, Lord. I thank you that uh, you continue to break down walls, Lord. You continue to crush barriers, Lord. And I thank you that you're going to do it again.
more time. Glory, glory, hallelujah, Jesus, you are Give it praise. that nothing but your blood can make us clean but that we need nothing but your blood to make us clean and righteous before the Father how amazing and how freeing and how wonderful that is Jesus Lord my life doesn't have to be perfect I don't have to impress God because you lived a perfect life and impressed God for me, for all of us, Jesus. We praise you for your goodness, for your worthiness, for your love, for your grace. Thank you that you have created your family so that we can gather together this morning, Lord, wherever we are, and just sing your goodness, Jesus. We love you so very much. And you love us even more. We praise you for that. In your name we pray and ask your Spirit's blessing today on our time. Amen. Amen. Yes, absolutely. Give the Lord a praise offering and a clap today. Can't do enough of that. You guys may be seated. Thank you so much for being here, for gathering together. Uh, in person and online if you're with us today. Uh, I was just sitting in the back, and it's great when you get to be talking to all the people who are watching online right now while you're watching and listening to all the person, people who are here right now. And, and I get to feel really together with everybody on Sunday mornings, and I love it. I love it. I love hearing from the folks who are online. I love listening to you guys and watching you guys sing and praise and worship and it's just wonderful that we get to gather we get to have the privilege of doing this and being part of God's family and I'm thankful for that uh, that we can do that and that that's transcended by the walls um, and by pretty much distance and everything through the spirit so we are very glad to have all of you here with us wherever you may be joining us from today thank you for being with us if you are a guest today and you have an, a chance to fill out one of the new here cards that you'll find on the back of the seat or if you're online and you want to go to the website and fill one of those out we would love to get to connect with you today if you are here in person at service and you want you would fill out one of those cards if you drop it by the table on the way out i would love to get a chance to meet you and we have a gift for you if you're a guest we'd love to just bless you and thank you for being a part of the service with us today want to thank you continually for uh, your giving and support of the ministry, uh, both in person and online through the website or online giving as well. Uh, we're having some great opportunities and even some more coming down the pike in the coming months of some great events that we want to be part of here in town. 
uh, we're going to be telling you guys about, and we're just excited to see what the Lord is doing in our community through lots of churches, and it's great, too, and exciting just to be able to be a part of that. Um, so thank you for supporting that uh, with your presence, supporting that with your gifts and your faithfulness and your service. We appreciate you guys very, very much. One thing I do want to mention today is to remind you about virtual visits. I know a lot of times uh, we need to get FaceTime with one of the pastors, and that can be difficult, especially in this time. The pastors, we are available, and if you guys want to meet in person, you can still call, and we would love to have the opportunity to meet with you. If you've got something that you want to talk about or talk through, we can do that, but if you are not able uh, to come and meet with us face-to-face, -face, we still want to be available to you, and we're going to do that through virtual visits, so you can get on our website, and you can schedule that online and schedule just to connect with one of the pastors. And we would love to be able just to meet with you and talk with you uh, virtually uh, via a Zoom meeting. And we still want to make ourselves available even if you can't come and meet with us face-to-face. -face. So you can book those on our website. All the things that we're going to hear about on our announcement video today are available on our website. And we put some quick links right up at the top of the page when you log on so it's really easy to find and take a look and take advantage of all of these things. So thank you again for being here. Let's take a look at our video announcements today from Pastor Brandon. Hey, what's up guys? I've got three things I wanna to announce to you. Two of them have to do with students and they are this. Students is opening back up in September. We're super excited about that. But the way we're gonna do that looks a little bit different. We're gonna meet in host homes on a weekly basis in small groups. You need to get more information by going to our website, cfparis.church, and sign your kid up for a tribe, for a host home, small groups. Your tribe leaders, if they've been involved in youth, will be reaching out to them. But if they haven't been involved in youth, we want to get you involved in youth. This is from 7th through 12th grade. It's going to be amazing. Good content, good fun, good fellowship with other students. So that's one thing for students. The second thing for students is prayers for students. It's a community project that uh, a member of our community, Mike Long, has put together. He is asking for some more people to take on a freshman um, who is incoming into high school. Prayers for Students tries to cover all the high schools in Lamar County praying for those students every day. And so if you're interested in praying for a student, go to our website, cfparis.church, and sign up for that. The third and final thing that I want to share is really exciting. We're getting prepared for baptisms. And so we're going to do that in a new and fun way coming up. But if you are interested in a baptism or you have a family member that's interested in baptism, then also go to our website, cfparis.church, and get signed up. In fact, you can do it right now. I won't tell Pastor Corey that you're on your phone during service. It's all right. We'll let you slide. As long as you're signing up for baptism or student stuff, you should go right now. Get out there. I think Pastor Corey, yep, Pastor Corey is coming right now. See you later. All right, just for clarification, the pond that you saw behind him, no, that's not the baptismal. At least not yet. <laughs> it may end up being, we'll see. No, guys, man, we are, we are super excited. Please go online, sign up for, for all the different events we've got going on. I've had a number of people approach me on uh, wanting to get involved in, in wanting to get baptized and and we're looking at a number of different ways to, to make that happen. We're super excited. But it, sign up, go online. If you know somebody, talk to them. It's going to be a good thing. I want to jump right in uh, into a new series that I'm starting today. And, and I'll say this. This is coming off of uh, 
can I have this come down just a little bit, Brandon? I'm going to bring it up closer. Thank you. All right. Um, this is coming off of a series that, uh, that we, we did a couple weeks ago called Recognize, as well as coming right off of what Pastor Ron spoke on last week. Uh, I think there's so much for each and every one of us through all this, through the situations, through the circumstances of life, of 2020, that, that we need to recognize, we need to hold on to. It's easy in times of distress to get focused more on what's going on right in front of us instead of who it is that controls all of it. Um, let me do this. Uh, uh, we're starting this new series, and we're calling it You Never Lost. And uh, part of the reason why I'm super excited about this series is uh, there's a, a song I based the title off of a song the worship team is going to be introducing next week called Never Lost. Uh, it's a phenomenal song, and it talks about God and how he has never lost. But it goes on, it says, you never lost and you never will. It's, it's a great song, they're going to be introducing that next week. But what I want to do today is I want to focus on a song, the second song we sang earlier today, called Do It Again. Uh, and I'm titling today's message, Remember, He'll Do It Again. Remember, he'll do it again. This goes back to recognize. This goes back to looking at every situation, every circumstance. God is, is, is working in and through our lives at all times. Now today what I want to do is I want to read a, a passage out of Mark chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. If you're online, you can look right there on, on uh, a number of uh, online sources for, for your Bible. But uh, look with me behind right here. It says Mark in Mark chapter 8, starting in verse 14. It says this. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. And they discussed this with one another, and they said, Is it because we have no bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see? Do you have ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? And how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up then? They answered, seven. And he said to them, do you still not understand? Uh, so, 2020. 2020 feels like the year that just keeps on giving. But it's, it's like that, that, that personal knitted sweater from grandmother like every single month over and over again. It, it just it doesn't seem like the year ends, right? It's, it's just going on forever. And, and I don't think that there's any exaggeration in saying that in just these past, what, what, what six, six, six months? This has been the year that has changed our lives, changed our world, our view, our perspective. Um, I think every year has its challenges. Every year has its mountains, its obstacles, and there's, I'm, not, I'm not demeaning or belittling any other event that's ever happened in the past. There's been crazy events that have changed the world in the past, and I think we're living in the middle of one of them. But, but come on. <laughs> I mean... It seems that we've been left with more questions than answers, more, more complexity than we have clarity. Every time I think I have the new way to do it, all of a sudden somebody else is coming out with, well, that's wrong, this is the right way to do it. It leaves everybody in turmoil. We're redefining the art of adaptability. Uh, and what's, what's, uh, 
what's a kicker about this year? I, I, because, look, honestly, I don't think there's a one of us that says this has been the best year ever. Um, so, but, but hear me, because this is going to really, well, I'd say blow your mind, but it's kind of more step on your toes. <laughs> you may not remember this, but you and I, we, we prayed for this. The silence. <laughs> We prayed for this at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, I did a series. I started right at the very end of December, and I did a series going into January called 2020 to Life. <laughs> 2020 to Life. Dang it! Oh! Right? 2020 to Life. But in it, what we said is we, we prayed. We prayed. We said, God, we pray that you would change our lives, not just this year, but five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. Well, and dadgummit, if he just didn't go and do that. We prayed. We said, Lord, whatever it takes for me to go deeper this year, whatever it takes for me to get closer to you, God, I want more of you in my life. Whatever it takes. Lord, I, I said whatever it takes, but, but can I retract that a little bit and maybe alter what I meant? <laughs> it's interesting. I, I think there's always, there, or there seems to at least always be a disconnect between what we want God to do in our lives and what it's going to take for that to happen. You see, we want to be changed, but we don't want to be challenged. God, God, I want to go deeper. God, take me deeper. I want to, I want to be closer to you, God, but, but I don't want to be disrupted. We have these caveats, but that's it. That, God will, God will disrupt you. God will disrupt your life. He'll disrupt your comfortability. He'll do whatever it takes to make you become who it is that he sees in you, who he's called you to be, who he's created you to be. He'll do whatever it takes. We serve a God that will disrupt you. You think about the life of Jesus. Jesus did just that. He disrupted the norm. He disrupted those who, who thought they knew how God wanted it to be. The religious, he disrupted it all. He was disturbing the comfortable and comforting the disturbed. Jesus' life was defined by disturbing the comfortable and comforting the disturbed. Now, with that, here's the thing. You see, you and I, we have a tendency in our minds, what we do is, is we think that we fall into the disturbed category. And therefore, God is always looking to comfort us, to, to coddle us, to, to sit there and, and, and just kind of swoon over us all the time. But maybe, have you ever thought perhaps, just possibly, that we fall more into the comfortable category? And God wants to use a disturbance to remind you he's never lost, he's moved that mountain before, and I promise you, you know it, I know it, but you've got to remember he'll do it again. Jesus will do it again. And that's exactly what's happening in our text today. As we read through Mark chapter 8, that's what Jesus is doing. Jesus, in, the, uh, in verses 1 through 11, verses 1 through 11 basically, so just mere scriptures before, Jesus just fed 4,000 people. He's just fed 4,000 people. And now, in those next few verses, Jesus and his disciples, they get on a boat and they travel. And look, the disciples... Jesus and the disciples get on the boat, and the first thing that comes into the disciples' minds is, dang it, we forgot the bread. Right? And if I'm one of the disciples, my immediate thought is, I'm hungry. 
I want to eat. And don't you know, Paul, him and his, oh, I walked on water, I get two loaves. Or, or, or I, he's going to take two sandwiches. Or, or All of these different things start popping into their mind. Bartholomew, man, it was his job to bring the bread. Don't you know he forgot it? See if I write you into any of my Gospels. Sorry, it was, it was slow. And Jesus, as they're sitting there thinking about the bread, Jesus looks at them and he says, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. I mean, we're on a boat. There's, there's one, two, three, twelve. Jesus, third. I, I mean, I don't see the Pharisees. I don't see Herod. I'm really hungry. I just need food right now. What are you talking about? I don't get it. Look, some of you, some of you think like we we play we play a game. If you could go back in history and you could sit down and and talk to one individual, if you could talk to just one person, who would it be and what would you talk about? And and you know, one of the first thoughts that comes to mind is, man, I'd love to sit down with Jesus and and just ask questions and and find out the answers. That you you'd be confused. Don't, don't even begin. You'd be completely confused because Jesus was was fully God and fully man. Right, And so if you're fully God and fully man, when, when you're having conversations with, with us, we're going to be on the side of just man part that, that kind of gets a little bit confused at times. A perfect example, Jesus' very first miracle, he turned the water into wine at a wedding. But what happened before that? Jesus' mother, his mother, his own mother comes up to him and, and says, Jesus, Jesus, they're out of wine. Like, like, like the whole party, we're, 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 all, we're all, everybody's around here and they don't have anything else to drink. What are, what are they going to do? Jesus, they're out of wine. And Jesus' response to his mother. Scripture, <laughs> woman, it's not my time. Huh? I mean, look, I so much as ever even got womb out of my mouth and my mom was beating me. I mean, it wasn't going to happen. But Jesus, looking at him, says, Woman, it's not my time. But look here, but wait, listen. You see, Mary, Mary's talking about wine, right? She realizes there's a need right here. There's a need. We don't have any more wine. Jesus, I need more wine. And Jesus, in his mind, because he's fully God, because he's fully man, because he understands all that's going on, (laughs) he says this. He understood that the wine was more of a metaphor for the blood, his own blood that was going to be shed. And, and, and while, while in the flesh they ran out of wine, while in, while in the temporary they ran out of wine, he knew that the blood that was going to cover all sin would never run out. In Jesus' mind, he's thinking this blood never runs dry. This blood is going to last for all. This blood is for everybody. And Mary's like, but, but what do we drink in the meantime? See, that's what Jesus was thinking. And quite honestly, it's, it can be a little difficult to have those conversations. And so here we are, we're back on the boat, and the disciples are talking literally about a loaf of bread. And Jesus is like, man, look, I ain't talking about a loaf. I'm talking about the bread. I'm talking about this bread. I'm talking about the bread of life. And the bread, the bread tells them, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. Okay, 
So if Jesus is fully God, fully man, what is he saying more than just what the disciples are trying to interpret? Bear with me, look at this. Jesus is talking about yeast. What is yeast? Uh, yeast is actually a type of fungus. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, in the, it's in the kingdom of fungi. Yeast is. Yeast, even just a little bit of yeast, will contaminate all of the bread. And now, now we say contaminate, or I say contaminate, you know what I mean. It, it actually infects, affects the whole loaf, right? Just even a little bit of yeast. So Jesus saying, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees, or that of religion, and Herod, or that of politics. You see, the yeast is a metaphor for unbelief. Jesus is talking so much deeper than the disciples are getting it. Jesus is talking so much deeper. He's talking about unbelief creeping into your life. He's talking about all these things that will contaminate the bread, that will take your life and destroy it and will turn it around to something else. Jesus is saying, look, don't start mixing that fungi in me. It's a metaphor for sin. Jesus knows he's the only one that can transform your soul. He's the only one that can change your life. And what he's saying is don't start mixing in with the purity of the bread. And the disciples, they're, they're still confused. And Jesus is again saying, look, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that loaf. I'm talking about the bread. I'm talking about my life. And so he says, but since you're so concentrated, since you're sitting here thinking nothing about but how hungry you are and a loaf of bread, I'll use that. I'll use that. So, so he looks at him and he says, do you remember you're worried about one loaf of bread? You're worried about one loaf? Don't you remember? We fed 5,000 people with how many loaves? The disciples answered, we had, we had five. And he said, all right, we fed 5,000 people with five loaves, and how much did we take up afterward? Well, 12 baskets full. It's like, yeah. And then, and then he says, and then just mere seconds ago, we fed 4,000, and how many loaves did you have? Seven, they said. And how many did you take up? Seven baskets. So, so Jesus, in his mind, is looking at him going, look, I think we're good. We're all right. If we've got one loaf and there's only 12 of you and me on this boat, I think we're going to be okay. Why? Not because we got one loaf, but because I'm on the boat with you. The amount of bread that you have is indifferent. Why? Because you've got the bread on the boat with you. Do you not remember? One loaf's going to be all right. I want to pause here for just a second and remind you, um, we're in Mark chapter 8. We're in Mark chapter 8, and, and this is the feeding of the 4,000. Two chapters before is Mark chapter 6, and then Mark chapter 6 is the feeding of the 5,000. Now, I, I mean, I didn't always live it, but I grew up in church. I grew up in Sunday school. There's not a felt board illustration that I have not been privy to a part of. I've seen them all, but never once... Never once in my life do I remember somebody telling me that the feeding of the multitudes happened twice. Not just once. I mean, it, it, it's a great story, and we tell it, and I sit back, was it 4,000, was it 5,000? Uh, I don't really remember. Were there, was there five loaves, or were there uh, seven loaves? I don't, I don't know, but it, it was a really cool story because Jesus took it all, he broke it, and he blessed it, and he, and yeah. 
No, it happened twice. Mark chapter 6, just a few months before, and now just mere minutes before, there was Mark chapter 8. <laughs> Why is that important? Why why is it important that this same exact miracle happened twice? There's so much going on that you see within these two miracles. So much going on, and that's what I want to talk to you about today and then even next week. Today, I, I basically have three points. It's kind of two and a half, really, but three points. But next week, it's really like a cliffhanger today. Next week, you got to come back and hear the last four because they're the good ones. But why is this important? As I read both stories, as I look into this, to me what it does is it lets me know that God did that miraculous work once. I mean, we're talking the miracle that I, I, I've shared, the miracle that I've talked about, the miracle that I was enamored with. He fed 5,000 people with nothing more than five loaves and two fish. And by people, it, the scripture literally says 5,000 men, which means that with women and children, there could have been anywhere from fifteen to 20,000 people. That's a lot of people. And yet he fed them all. I've talked about that story. I love that story. And yet there's two of them. There's two of them. And, and, and so not only did God do that miraculous, warrant, that, that miraculous miracle, that, that, that mighty miracle once, but then he turned around, turned around and did it again. The exact same miracle, he did it again. And, and look, guys, man, you need to recognize that's good news for somebody today. That is great news for somebody today. If God did something miraculous once, you got to know, you got to recognize, remember, he'll do it again. Look, if God healed you once, don't you know that God can heal you again? If, if God opened up a door once, don't you know that God can open up a door again? Remember, he'll do it again. Look, God, you cannot let Rona... Huh, you cannot let Rona make you nervous and question the power of God. Because if God, if he did it once, I can promise you he'll do it again. But you got to remember. Some of you need to remember all the things that God has brought you out of. The things that God has brought you from. Where God has taken you from and where he's placed you now. It may not be where you want to be, but I'm telling you, you need to sit back and remember where God has taken you from. Because it's your history with God. It's your history with God that gives you strength. It's your history with God that increases your faith for what you're facing right now. Because again, if he did it once, heal, he'll do it again. Today and next week, like I said, I, I want to compare these two miracles, the feeding of the 5,000 and the competing of the, uh, the competing, <laughs> the feeding of the 4,000. And there's a couple reasons why. I told you once, uh, it's, it's uh, but look, the, the cool thing about this miracle, guys, um, these, two, these two miracles are, the, the feeding of the multitudes is the only miracle outside of the resurrection that's mentioned in all four Gospels. There's something about it. There's something that God wanted to convey to us. There's something that we should be grabbing from this so much more than, ooh, God can break a loaf and turn it into a bunch. It's a really cool magic trick. No, God's wanting to teach us something. He's wanting to show you something in your life. One of the reasons why I believe it's important 
is I, I think that these two miracles, they, what they show us is, is we, we have a tendency to think that Jesus is concerned with our soul. And it's true. It's very true. Yes, Jesus is concerned with my soul, but, but, but also he's concerned with my need. He's concerned with my need. Look, Jesus is not just concerned with the condition of your soul, but he's also concerned about your circumstance. He's concerned about what you're facing, what you're going through. You need to know that if Jesus is concerned, or if you're concerned, Jesus is concerned about it. We, we, a lot of times we live as though Jesus came to, to, to just get us to the end, to get us to heaven. But scripture tells us he came that we might have life and have life abundantly. He's concerned about the bills that you're trying to figure out how you're going to pay. He's concerned about your anxiety. He's concerned about your depression. He's concerned about your relationships. He's concerned about your marriage. He's concerned about your kids. He's concerned about your job. All the things that concern you concern him. Why? Because he loves you that much. Guys, come on, man. You know, you, come on. Look, there's thousands of people. Jesus had the spiritual power to captivate thousands of people. So much so that, that thousands of people forgot to eat. Look, I, I so much as mentioned lunch. Just by saying the word, I think I've lost half of you. <laughs> but these people, they were so enamored with what Jesus was saying. They were, they were so just involved, sucked right into it, that, that they didn't even think about it. They were more concerned with what he was saying than the idea or the thought that, man, they were hungry. And Jesus, even while he's preaching that good, realized they're hungry, they need to eat. Guys, to, to me, that's a, that, that is a message. It tells us that God cares. But look, not only that God cares, I believe it's also a reminder to you and I that that is the character of Jesus, the very character that we're supposed to emulate as Christ followers. I think too often we claim that we care about people's souls but I don't think we take the time to notice their circumstance. You can't tell someone you care about their soul and fail to recognize the circumstances they're in. Can Jesus, can Jesus pull them out of all? Yes. But if all we think about is their soul and their ticket to heaven, we're forgetting about life abundant here on earth. And the circumstances that Jesus paid for There was a, uh, a theologian by the name of Howard Thurman, early 1900s. He said this. He said, the power of prayer is directly connected to your willingness to be a part of the answer. Huh. The power of prayer is your willingness to be directly involved in the answer. In other words, God is looking for somebody to partner with him. To care about the condition of the soul, yes, but even to care about the condition of people's circumstances as well. Real quick, uh, as, we, as we look at these two miracles, I, I want to jump into what all's going on. Um, 
And one of the things I noticed in these miracles is, is there was a lot of people in both of them. There's, there's, there was 5,000 in the first, it's stated, and 4,000 in the second. And again, assuming that's just men with women and children, we don't know. 15,000? I mean, that's, that's crazy numbers to think about. But here's the thing. That's a lot of people. So you can guarantee with that many people, there was going to be a problem. How many of you know you can't separate problems from people? <laughs> Because if you got people, you're going to have some problems. But now remember, what are we called to? We're called to people, right? We're called to people. We are called to people. And if you have people, with, with people, if with people come problems, then you got to as well think that maybe we are called to problems. If A equals B and B equals C, does A equal C, Right? If we're called to people and with people come problems, then you need to recognize and understand that you very well might be called to a problem. <laughs> you can't separate problems from people. They go together. We're called to people, and that means we're called to problems. And in both miracles, what I also noticed in both miracles, it, it, was, it was compassion. Compassion was the catalyst for both of those miracles. In Mark chapter 6, the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus, it says this, it says, Jesus was moved with compassion because he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And then in Mark chapter 8, the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus says to his disciples, I have compassion on these people. Both instances, compassion was the catalyst for the miracle. In both the miracles, Jesus had compassion. Look, compassion, compassion is when care and action collide. Compassion is when care and action collide. Because if you have compassion, you must take action. When we've, when we, look, we have, got to, we have got to be a people that have compassion. We have got to be a people that care for others, yes, but, but that also, we have to be a people that take action. We have to step up. Be a part of the solution. I'm, uh, I'm going to start to close with my last point, and, and I want the band to come up a little early, so I'm going to call them up, but don't think you're getting out for lunch yet. So as the band comes up, they're going to be playing Do It Again. And, and I want to go over this last point with you. I want you to notice in both miracles, in both miracles, the disciples were asking the wrong questions. Man, I love this. I love this. The disciples were asking the wrong questions. You see, worry, worry is often the byproduct of asking the wrong questions. In your life today, worry is the byproduct of asking the wrong questions. The disciples, the disciples looked at the situation and they said, how can we get enough money to buy bread for all these people? That was in Mark chapter 6. That's what they said. How can we get enough money to buy bread for all these people? In Mark chapter 8, they looked at the situation and they said, look at this. We're in a desolate place. How can we even find bread here? Wrong questions. Wrong questions. You see, worry is often the byproduct of asking the wrong questions. Let me show you something. In Mark chapter, or excuse me, Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus said this. Look at, look at, so do not worry. And then, and then he says saying, and now what he's going to say, what he's going to say is here come the wrong questions. Here come the wrong questions. Do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or, or, or what shall we drink? Or, or what shall we wear? 
Those are the wrong questions. Jesus continues, he said, for even the pagans, they run after all these things, and, and your heavenly Father, he knows you need them. He knows you need them. He knows the pagans need them. That, that, there's no question. And your heavenly Father knows. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then, and then all of these things, all these other questions will be given to you. I wonder if the reason why you're so worried is because you're asking the wrong questions. Because maybe you've forgotten and it's time for you to remember he'll do it again. But Corey, what, 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 if, what, if, there's a, what if there's another lockdown? Wrong question. Corey, man, uh, well, what if something happens and the kids can't go back to school? I got a homeschool and, and wrong question. Somebody just sneezed. What if I have it? <laughs> Wrong question. What am I going to do about my bills this month, Corey? What am I going to do about my job, Corey? What, what am I going to do about my family, Corey? What, what am I going to do in this situation? How am I going to make it to tomorrow, Corey? What is going to happen to my family, to my life, to everything that I know? Wrong question. Wrong question. I, I, I'm not saying don't have wisdom. I'm not saying we don't look at the situation and study to show yourself approved, that we don't ask God for help in those situations. But worry is often the byproduct of asking the wrong question. And in both feedings, they asked the wrong questions, but Jesus. But Jesus responded with a better question. Can y'all be ready to sing that second verse? Look at this, guys. In both miracles, Jesus poses a question back. Jesus looks at the disciples as they're sitting there wondering, how are we going to make this meet? How are we, we going to find bread in this situation? How are we going to find enough money? How are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to survive? We're hungry. How are we going to make it? Wrong questions. Jesus looks at them and says, how many loaves do you have? Oh, come on, church. Listen here. What that means, what Jesus is saying is stop worrying on what you don't have. Stop focusing on what you don't have. Instead, focus on what you do have. Focus on what I've already placed in this situation. Focus on what I've already given you. Focus on what you have. Stop telling me what you don't have and instead tell me what you do have. Guys, what you should be reminding yourself of is what do I have at my disposal? What has God already given me? You see, when you ask any of the other questions, it, it only leads to more questions. It only leads to more worry. But when you say, how many loaves do I have? Now, all of a sudden, that changes things. That doesn't lead to worry. That leads to, it leads to work. It leads to recognition. It leads to remembrance. It leads to where am I going to find what God has already put inside of me? See, it leads to, it, it, like, like we talked about two weeks ago in our Recognize series, we said we recognize in Christ at all times. And with that, guys, you can't devalue the gift. You can't devalue the gift just because you don't recognize the significance. Look, it may not seem like anything more than a tiny little lunchbox in your hands. But here it is. Jesus wouldn't be asking for loaves if the loaves weren't somewhere to be found. In your life, Jesus wouldn't be asking for loaves if there weren't loaves to be found. 
So are you looking for him? Are you remembering what he's already given you? How many loaves do you have? That means you have to do an inventory of what God has already blessed you with. It means you have to do a, a recognition, a remembrance, an inventory of all that God's done in your life. You have to go back through the scripture and say, God, I know and I trust and I believe and I stand in your word. The disciples, a few months before he had fed 5,000, and now just minutes before he's fed 4,000. And what? They missed it. Do you still not understand? But don't wallow. Don't let the enemy make you focus on what you've lost. Don't wallow in what you don't have. Look at how many loaves you do have. Look at what God has already blessed you with. You might have lost your job, but you still have your mind. You still have your creativity. You, you, you still have your body, guys. You still have God in your life. You're still waking up every day to put another foot down and say, God, I'm giving you this day. God's not done yet. Neither should you be. Guys, can y'all sing that second verse for me? Father. I know the night will last. Come on, guys, just shut your eyes, if you will, with me. Let's worship the Lord. His word will come to pass. heart will sing your praise again. church stand with me if you will as I close his promise still stands come on church let's sing with the band as they play your faithfulness oh God oh and I'm still in your hands Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word, for your truth, the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord Jesus. I thank you for who you are, Lord God. You are the bread of life. Not some loaf that's going to get me through lunch, Father, but so much more. The bread that wants abundant life for me, that wants to give me life. And so, Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you. That no matter who we are, Lord God, we can come to you. We can come before you, Lord God, and our soul, our soul can be fed, Father. And we thank you, Father, that you do. You do care about our soul. You care about our life, Father. But, but also we know that we know that we know you care about our circumstance. 
Lord, I pray that we would not forget to remember that if you did it once, that we can guarantee we're going to see you do it again. Every head bowed, every eye closed as I keep praying, guys. If you're here this morning and you feel like you've been broken, I don't know the circumstance, I don't know the situation. It may have been within these last few months, it may have been something that's been developing over years, but, but if you're here this morning and you feel like you've been broken, that you're hurting, you're struggling, man, I, and everything in you, you, you want to remember. I'm going to pray for you this morning. If that's you, real quick, if you just lift up your hand, raise your hand and let me acknowledge you. If you're online, we have a, a pastor sitting that wants to acknowledge you too. Just say, man, I need prayer. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand, your hand. Awesome. Yours, yes. Yours, yes. Awesome. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Guys, look, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm here. My hand is up, not as an illustration right now, but, but as a God, I need to remember. Like a lot of people have this, this mindset that preachers walk on cloud nine, like, a, like me and Jesus are walking hand in hand in the park all the time. But we go through the same struggles, the same hurts. And yes, this year has been hard. It's been difficult. There's been things that have come up that I didn't expect, that I didn't recognize, that I didn't know. And, and yet every day I wake up and I have to remind myself, he's done it once got to remember he'll do it again I need to remember I need the presence of God in my life just as much as you need the presence of God in yours Heavenly Father, I come before you, Father, for the people that raise their hands, for those tuning in online, Lord God, that are, that are typing in right now. I need prayer, Lord Jesus, for those that recognize they need to remember, Lord God. They need to look back. They need to look back throughout the Word of God and see, Father, that you've done it before, and we can know that we can know that we can know you're going to do it again. Give us the confidence, Lord God, the boldness to wake up in the morning and say, you'll do it again before we even start our day, God. I pray for those, Father, who've lost so much, for those that have lost their job, for those that have lost family, for those that have lost peace, Lord God, or their health or, or their security, Father. So many things that, that have changed, that have rocked our worlds, Lord God. Help us, Father, not to focus on what we've lost, Lord, but instead help us to look at what is left. Help us to look, Lord God, at what you have given us. We still have you, Lord God. We still have your spirit, your power, your presence, your goodness, your grace, your provision, and your peace that goes beyond all understanding. We've got that, Father. And Father, I pray that you would guard our hearts, our minds, and our souls in your Son, Christ. We look to you, Father. Help us, Lord Jesus, to keep our eyes on you, to focus on you. Help us to remember you've done it before, and you're going to do it again, Father, because we know you never lose. It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen and amen. Guys, come on. Give up a shout of praise to the Lord. He's never failed me yet. His promise still stands. God bless you guys. Y'all have a wonderful week.